Hello everyone, my name is Michael and this is the Millennial Madness Podcast. If this is your first episode, I just want to thank you for deciding to join me on this adventure. And if you've heard my previous two episodes, I mean, who are you? you I obviously must know you in real life because that's crazy. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank you guys for being here today. I know it's been like such a long time since I've released, you know, any other podcast and to be honest, it's because I've been like really down on myself about this entire process, as well as just creating um, any creative sort of media at all. And it's because I can honestly say that as a Virgo, I'm such a perfectionist and anything I put out, I just immediately want it to be perfect, which obviously it, it'll never be perfect, you know? So I'm just kind of at this point now where it's just like, if I only wait to put out content that content I deem is perfect, I'll never put anything out. And I just don't want the time to pass me by while I'm just like constantly in a brainstorming phase. So this is me, you know, taking a step outside of that. Um, so, yeah, there's been a little bit updates to the structure of the show. Um, I decided that with everything going on, I wanted to do away with the you know world and political part of the show because i just think that it's a very depressing landscape right now and i just don't want to be more so like add to like the doom and gloom of everything you know like if anything i want to be a safe space of respite where people can come and just like think about like fluff but also you know maybe get a little introspective at the same time you know, not entirely cotton candy, but like, you know, not entirely like hard to digest at the same time. So, yeah, I'm going to try to find this middle ground and I'm definitely going to toy with that a lot and see, you know, how I like it and, and, you know, the overall direction of things. So, yeah. But as you know, I am a huge music fan. And so I definitely want music to be an integral part of this show, as always. But I have gotten feedback that I do put too much music in between segments and opening and whatnot. Like, I guess I'm relying too heavily on the music. So I definitely could see that. And so I took that advice and I'm going to, you know, definitely lighten it up a little bit with that. And, you know, just kind of lean more into just talking like, you know, I'm chilling with my friends. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, if you guys stay tuned for a minute. I'm going to get back with some uh, some media topics and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, just uh, chill out and listen to one of my favorite songs right now. I'm sure you're going to love it. Either the head is so hydra, or we let my god be by god. My god, you pay for your friends. 
I'll take that as a compliment. Got a house full of homies. Why I feel so the opposite. Incompetent ain't the half of it. Saturdays with young lavish. Just sad as shit is on that as it means they took from the cabinet. Sorry, I'm just scared of the future. Until 2005, I got your back. We can do this. Hold up. Hold up, 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 I bet you love that song because I sure did. But yeah, so um, for that first topic, we're going to dive into media. Um, Yeah, I... Okay, listen, I love a good movie and I love a good TV show, to be honest. Um, I definitely want to be a screenwriter at some point in my life. So I just feel as though, you know, by dissecting movies more critically, this is definitely a way in which I can not only like have others opinions of what i'm thinking like some like like some critical feedback of my thought process and stuff like that but it's also a way of just like gleaning out some interesting advice from the media we consume because i believe there's two ways we can consume media and one is just like this sort of passive experience where you're just like sitting back and you're just looking and you're like watching and just taking everything at face value and then when it's over you're like Okay, cool. What now? You know? And I just feel like there's another more interesting way, which is to dissect the characters through a more like psychological lens and through a more like real life lens and how we view things. And like, this is honestly one of my favorite pastimes. So when it comes to movies, it is spooky season. You know, October, the entire month of October is Halloween, okay? And it's October 6th. This is the sixth day of Halloween. All right? So... In that vein, I'm going to talk about the movie X. Okay, I love that horror movie so much um, because it's not only were they making slashers great again. Okay, a huge fan of the slasher obviously has to be one of my favorite uh, horror subgenres, but it also had like a theme, you know, of that older generation who sees the younger generation being more sexually liberated more free and then more so just like resenting themselves and the younger people because they're taking liberties and freedoms that they like wouldn't even take themselves you know they they hate them because they ain't them you know and i feel like that's so true um i'm around older people all the time who just kind of like i don't know i guess i'm more on like a like a soft boy phase in my life where I'm just like you know if it happens it happens like very like you know chill but also like don't get it twisted like I'm also very ambitious so it's not like I just lay back and like let life happen to me but I'm also like it is what it is like very like fluid like go with the flow type of uh type of vibe and the older generation they're just not like that they hate it they do not understand and I'm just like Yo, oh my God, you're just such a dinosaur. That's just the way I view it. I just, I just think it's so archaic. So I don't really, 
I don't really get it. So that's why X really spoke a lot to me. On top of Kid Cudi being in a horror movie, I mean, bruh, yes. Mia Goth is definitely up there in the final girl list, okay? Because, like, Sydney Prescott has to be queen of the final girls. And I think, like, Mia Goth is, like, coming for her spot. I can't remember the actress who plays Sydney Prescott, but I love Sydney Prescott. And I also love Scream as a thriller franchise. Honestly, one of the best... Um, the best slashers that's 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 come out honestly another horror movie that i just saw a couple of days ago was bodies 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 and everybody was talking about how it's like oh this is the gen z like staple horror film like they're essentially saying that uh bodies 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 was to gen z what um jennifer's body was to millennials and I'm like, okay, so let me stop you right there because I fucking love Jennifer's Body. Um, that is one of th that's one of the only movies that I can continuously watch over and over and not get tired because I just love Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox's performance in Jennifer's Body. They fucking killed it, and Megan Fox's character was my favorite, possibly one of my favorite villains ever. Um, so watching Bodies, Bodies, going into it with that sort of uh, mentality. Um, I definitely was pretty harsh, but I can say that it was also a very amazing movie. I really like what they did there. Um, you know, spoiler alert, if you've never seen it, I mean, go watch it. It's it's really good. But um, so they're in this house during a hurricane. Um, and then it's like a group of friends, you know, they got their like underlying issues or whatever, but they're trying to keep it all surface level, keep it cute and put it on mute or whatever. But um they end up playing this game called Bodies, 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 which is kind of like a mix of like hiding, hide and seek and like um, werewolf or mafia or killer where it's like there's like a, it's like a guess who like one of one. If somebody is a secret killer and they're killing people, and you have to find out. But they basically do it with like the lights off. Right. And so they're playing this game and then, you know. Tension starts to rise, you know, um, a lot of cocaine use involved. So a lot of like egos and, you know, high strung type of activity going on. And um, eventually a character is found dead under mysterious circumstances. And it looks like his throat was cut with a knife that was introduced earlier. And so that immediately starts to uh, raise paranoia and suspicion within the group members. And it just essentially spirals out of control. Um, and I loved the overall theme about how, in a way, how surface level our uh, relationships are and how we sort of hide behind these, these, these friendships or these not necessarily high behind these friendships but like well i guess certain kinds of friendships like very surface level friendships where we're never really talking about the issues and there's always an underlying dialogue that's going on that but is never like spoken about and this film kind of brought that to the surface where it all just kind of exploded and i just feel like as having been in several different friendships throughout my 20s um i can definitely see that this is is very spot on and the screenwriter and director definitely what they were talking about with this one uh yeah it's i've been in not exactly like that but i've definitely been in multiple friendships like that where we never really said 
uh, what was important to one another, and we just let our underlying issues just kind of go unchecked until it just came to a boiling point where all like exploded, and then it was just like, wow, how how did we get here? You know what I mean? And so I just I never seen it portrayed that way, especially not in like a horror thriller. So I love that. That was really good. Um, another thing is that, you know, another horror movie. I've never seen it, so it's new to me, but it's obviously an oldie, you know, Hellraiser. So Hellraiser was really, really good, actually. Watching the first one, I think it came out in like the 80s or the, uh, the 90s. Um, I didn't know that it was created by a gay man. Um, and like the, the story with the Cenobites and all and how they're like obsessed with like pleasure and all this. And so it's just like their obsession with pleasure is like essentially like drove them mad and they can no longer distinguish the difference between pleasure and pain. And then there's this like mystical puzzle box that's been being passed around. And it's like, oh, if you solve this, you will like unlock pleasures that are like the greatest that humankind can ever experience and i'm just like oh wow that's so crazy the main character or not the main character but the first character you're introduced to is shown to be like this kind of like sexual deviant and he uh uses the puzzle box and is like ripped to shreds with these like hooks and chains and yeah the um the main character actually is this girl who's the father, it was her uncle who was uh, ripped apart and her father is moving into her uncle's house. And while they're moving in, he like scratches his hand and some of his blood um, gets into the spot where he was killed and like resurrects him. And so you find out that the her father's girlfriend always had like a secret thing with the uncle that she, you know, was keeping on the low or whatever because he's more sexually exciting to her, but his brother is like a safe bet. Um, and so seeing him in this like state because he's essentially he's just like all bones and like maybe a little bit of flesh and he's like hey like i need more i need more blood to like bring me back because blood was obviously what did it and so she goes out in town and like seduces these men and like brings them back and like kills them uh so that way he can be regenerated by this blood but um and by the time he's like slowly getting back with every man she kills um eventually he starts to resent the fact that she hasn't brought his brother to be killed so he's still feeling like she's not fully committed to me because my brother's alive like so he wants to like test her until like kill his brother and she's just kind of like showing that no like there's still some feeling there yeah the main character eventually like finds out about this and is just like going crazy like going mad and she steals a puzzle box and, like, runs away. And then um, she unlocks a puzzle box. And, like, the Cenobites are like, yeah, now it's your turn. To, we, like, let you experience the ultimate pleasure. And she's just like, uh, you know, she doesn't, she didn't open the puzzle box for that intention. So she's just like, how about instead I just show you to my uncle and uh, offer him up to you. And then so uh they're like oh i can't believe he escaped us okay like if your uncle is around and you can bring him to us like do it but if you're lying like we're gonna we're gonna make you pay essentially and then so by the time she goes back to her home 
she sees her father and her his girlfriend and her father's acting strange or whatever and so he says something that triggers her because she's like only my uncle would say that and so she runs away from him and then goes upstairs and then sees a body there they're like dead and she realizes that that's her father and her father was the last kill before her uncle like took his skin and yeah and then uh her she ends up um being taken like or did her uncle tries to kill her her uh his girlfriend's holding her down and she jumps out of the way at the last moment her uncle kills his girlfriend and is very like remorseless about it and like sociopathic and then as he's chasing his niece he like runs into the the room and then the cenobites come up and they're ripping the shreds or whatever and then she ends up solving the puzzle box and like banishing the cenobites and I just thought it was really cool. I, I liked the, you know, the themes there because I'm, listen, themes in a movie, I'm all, I'm gonna I'm be there for it. I'm, I'm, that's my jam, honestly. So yeah, I really loved Hellraiser. I would say Hellraiser was a solid nine out of 10, actually. Yeah, I love to rate movies. So I guess I, ne- I didn't tell you how I felt about X and Bodies, 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 but X, I can say, yeah, X was also a nine out of 10 great slasher bodies 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 was an eight out of ten you know it was a little bit you know i feel like there could have been more i i really liked it i liked the cinematography i liked the messaging but i just felt like there could have been a little bit more probably because they compared it to jennifer's body and you know that's my jam so you know whatever but i'm also excited because uh pearl is supposed to be part two to uh x and then after that it's supposed to be maxine so like i really like that they're doing like a horror trilogy you know what i'm saying because it was so good that you know, they, I know the trilogy is going to be good. I just know the trilogy is going to be good. So off of the horror uh, theme, another movie that I watched was Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. And that is, I, I, I could say that was more of like a drama mockumentary, uh, maybe a little comedy involved. Uh, but it was like a bit of a dark comedy, if you would say, in my opinion. Uh, Sterling K. Brown plays the male lead. And um, I believe it's... Uh, Regina Hall plays the female lead and they did amazing. One thing Regina Hall has, if nothing else, it's the range, okay? Regina Hall has the range. She can act her ass off. You put her in a role and she's gonna play that role. And she killed it. Sterling K. Brown, I mean, I just feel like it goes without saying Sterling K. Brown has the chops. Like, listen, him and the 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 family that plays the Black Harmons in this is us are the only reason i've watched that show for this long i need to go back and watch like the final season because i just kind of put it on pause um but yeah i definitely need to go back and finish that eventually but yeah they make that whole show for me i love everything sterling k brown is in he's an amazing actor i just love it i love it i love it um i believe in the maybe it was a uh episode that i recorded that i didn't actually publish i talked about waves that movie was really good or maybe it was the one that i did no, I think that was on the last episode. I definitely talked about Waves. He was in that too. Yeah, he was a father. But yeah, Honk, if, uh, Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul is about this... Um, it's like a evangel- uh, evangelical evangelical uh, preacher and wife who own a mega church. And this uh, scandalous uh, thing comes out about the uh, pastor. And him and the wife are just kind of jumping through these hoops and these hurdles to uh show you about their life and why they are you know 
the church for you and, and, and basically trying to get their congregation back after this, um, you know, life shattering scandal. And so, yeah, it's about the fallout of that scandal and then like how both characters are dealing with it. And it's just very good. It spoke levels about um, the black church and a lot of the hypocrisies that you'll you'll see um, as a black person. I definitely see it. Um, and it's kind of what um, I can honestly say. It's it's definitely why a lot of younger black people would just kind of like deviate away from the church and are going into um, becoming more spiritual it, uh, as a whole and honestly I love that um, because I believe that religion is just ugh, I don't want to offend anybody so let's just not but yeah um, yeah um, yeah that was uh, Hung for Jesus Save Your Soul very good um, so now we're going to segue into TV shows because um, I love a good TV show and at this point in time everyone is obsessed with Dahmer um the the Ryan Murphy show on Netflix with Evan Peters playing the male lead. Um, so I watched the first episode while I was getting my hair cut. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really dark. I just, ugh, I, I'm, I don't see myself watching it. It's just a little too dark. And also I know that the families have come out saying that like they're not getting paid for their likeness and this is bringing up all kind of trauma for them and like blah, blah, blah. And I get that. I definitely get that. Um, and that's, I could say that's a part of the reason why I'm not watching it. Another part I can honestly say is um, these true crime fans. And don't get me wrong, I love true crime. But it's the people who are watching this and are not humanizing these people. And they just kind of want more gore. And they are just like lusting after Dahmer, like ignoring the whole part. And are just... Like, I feel like it might, it may numb people to the damages that are being done to like black and brown bodies. And I feel like it's, 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 it bothers me. It, it definitely bothers me. I can say that, um, maybe I'll change my mind and watch it. Maybe not. I don't know. When I was working at a job before the one I'm in now, uh, they peer pressure me into watching 13 reasons. So, you know, it's possible to peer pressure me into watching things that I am probably not going to like. But anyways, on to TV shows that I actually like. Rami. Rami on Hulu. Oh my God, I love that show. It's about this... Uh, they're on the third season. I guess I should say the third season just came out, maybe like a week ago. And it's about this uh, Muslim-American, like Egyptian-Palestinian family. Um, and the stuff that they go through. And it follows all the characters, the... the th- five essential characters of this family which is the main character Rami he's the oldest son of the of the uh the family his uh sister Dina uh their mother and father and their uncle Nassim it is so good i absolutely love this show and i also found out Gerard Carmichael is an executive producer i love Gerard Carmichael and everything he does his Roth Daniel stand up amazing pure just genius i i loved it i loved every i loved it um i love everything gerard carmichael does i also watched this movie um that he had it was fairly depressing on the count of three where it's like him and his friend make a suicide pact 
um, and then they're just going to live out the rest of the day and then decide at the end of the day if they're going to do it or whatever. That was really, really good movie. Um, but back to Rami, um, they had Majid Jordan on an episode, okay? I love Majid Jordan. They are so good. They're this um, alternative R&B group. Um, I think they're signed to like OVO, Drake's label. Uh, I love them. Um, and I just it just kind of cemented my love for Rami even more. I have to like pace myself to watch these shows because I don't want to watch every episode. Like I hate binging because I'm just like, oh no, it's gone. Uh. So I like try to like pace out the episodes. Like I'm gonna watch one episode today and then one episode tomorrow so I can stretch it out to like, oh, it's just good. I do the exact same thing with books too. Like if a book is so good, I'll put it down and not pick it up for like a month because I just don't want it to be over. It's entirely irrational, but you know, it makes sense to me. Um, another news, Elite. Okay, Elite, my favorite Spanish opera that, or I say Spanish opera. I meant to say Spanish soap opera, drama-y. It's just so good. Oh, oh my God. If there's one thing the Spanish people can do, it is make a show, a TV show. And I love that. Um, so I think the, was it the fourth or maybe the fifth season came out earlier uh, this year. And now the next season is already scheduled to come out next month. I cannot wait. I love Elite and I love their cast. I love the story. I mean, it, it can get a little repetitive sometimes with like the whole murder mystery thing. But listen, I love a murder mystery. So I'm hooked, you know. Listen, I, if I can watch 13 seasons of Supernatural, you'd be surprised at the things I can put up with. Um, another show, Atlanta. This is the last season, the fourth season. It is absolutely incredible. I love what Donald Glover has done with this show. Um, the part where they were in Amsterdam was a little bit, well, I guess in Europe because it would, it took place in different parts of Europe. It was a little man, you know, like I could say that it kind of lost me at some points, but I did like it. But a lot of the episodes focused on different characters outside of the three that we've known, uh, or four, um, Ern, Darius, uh, Al or Paperboy and Van. Uh, but with this fourth season it feel like it returned to that original uh formula that i love so much that the show has put out with its like surrealism and it's it's like dark irreverent comedy yeah it's amazing that show is incredible um i just hope that this isn't the last thing that donald glover does because i know he's probably done with the music so i just need him to get more into tv shows and more into movies because this, this is his bag honestly Actually, he's inspired. He's one of the people that inspired me to get into screenwriting, along with him and uh, Jordan Peele. Another show that I've really been watching is uh, Power. I think this is uh, Power Book Three, Canaan. I love this one. I can honestly say I love Power Book Three more than any other uh, parts of the series. I love it more than the original. I love it more than the book two with Tariq uh, because I just love... I like seeing Kanan's character uh, more so in this like younger state where he's just like naive and like, you know, learning everything. And then like his mom, oh my God, his mom is such a powerhouse. Uh, she's like a dark skinned black woman who is just running it. And she's like so intelligent and cunning and clever. I, I love, I love to see it. And his uncles are also like interesting characters. I, I like it. And Jukebox because in the original series, Jukebox was just like a police officer who was just crooked. 
and that's really all you knew about her. But in this show, you're actually like they're actually flushing her out as a character, and you see that like, oh wow, like you know, you you empathize with her a lot, and and I love that. It's all so good. Um, I just can't wait to see how they end this season. Um, I can honestly say that this season isn't impressing me as much as the first season did, but I am going to give it some time. I'm really glad that they kept Joey Badass on as an actor because he actually does a really good job. I do feel like he either plays... Well, no, because he does have range because he was in Mr. Robot and Grownish, and all of those were different characters, but I feel like they all have like an element of him in it. And maybe that's what you know inspires actors to do their best is like to be assigned a character where they don't have to initially you know do so much to get into this role just kind of play something a little bit close to who they are so it's not that hard you know but another show that i've really been into is um abbott elementary oh my god this show is so good quinta brunson is a genius and she deserves that emmy she deserves more um, I remember when she first created, um, maybe I don't know if she created, but she was, uh, spearheaded the uh, first season for, um, black, black lady sketch show. Um, that show is really good. Um, yeah. And Abbott elementary is like, I guess the second, it's like her first, you know, real like narrative driven TV show. And it's so good. It's so good. I love the, the underlying messages of like, um, community, um, it's just, and, and, and also it's bringing light to what it's actually like to go to a, a predominantly black school and like, um, a suburban area. Cause that's kind of what my experience was. I went to a predominantly black school and it was just, it was a lot different than the things that I've seen on TV. And I feel like this more so represents all the characters that you see and some of the things that happens. And so I just love that Quinta Brunson decided to bring this to light. She, she's incredible. Okay. Another show, House of the Dragon. Okay, House of the Dragon. Lord, okay, we're about to start talking about Game of Thrones. You don't want to hear me talk about Game of Thrones. I can talk, 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 talk. Okay, so House of Dragon is getting like... It's it's getting really good, um, honestly. Okay, and so I was a huge fan of the original Game of Thrones, and I was very disappointed with the way it ended. Um, they did Daenerys so bad because, listen, if there's one thing I'm going to do, it's ride for Daenerys, okay? Daenerys is a queen. I don't care what nobody got to say about nothing. I don't care how, like, they need to rewrite that season because it should not have gone down like that. They need to fix it. Or give me a sequel series with Daenerys because you need to, like, you can't just build her up the way that you did. Have her free the slaves and then turn her into this, like, villain at the very last minute. Like, no, I don't care. No, 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 no. Anyways, not about Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. It follows, um her ancestors because it's about 200 years before she was even uh born uh Rhaenyra she is uh the first female who's been uh crowned heir to the um the throne and uh her father ends up marrying her best friend after his uh her mother's death and then he has a son 
and so how the seven kingdoms work is that the succession of the throne is primarily on the firstborn son of the king. And so the fact that um, he, created, he had a son means that everyone's expecting the succession to go from Rhaenyra to his son. But the king doesn't see it that way. He's like, no, Rhaenyra is my heir. I believe that she's 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 the one for this this job. But, you know, there's a lot of like plotting and scheming. And so like her um, her ex best friend slash stepmother um, eventually gets to a point where she wants her son on the throne. And then there's like, you know, essentially it's all going to break down to a civil war called the Dance of the Dragons, um, which leads to the eventual fall of the House Targaryen. And it's kind of it's talked about in the show. They mentioned it briefly. Um, and but it's really good to watch um, a lot of incest. Uh, and I kind of hate that they made me ship an incest couple. It's kind of rude, actually. Uh, but I do ship them. Um, yeah. And if you didn't guess by now, I mean, uh, Renera and her uncle. Um, yeah, like he, the, I think it's David Tennant is his name. Um, I hope I'm not wrong, but yeah, um, he's, his character grew on me at first. At first I didn't really see it for him. Um, but now I do. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like I kind of get it now. Like I, I really like it. It's really good. Um, yeah, excited to see where it goes. Yep. All right. Um, and that's it for TV shows, you know? Um, so as you know, we still have one segment left. That'll be my spirituality segment where I give you a little woo-woo, you know what I'm saying? That's my jam. That's my bag. Yeah. So, you know, stay tuned for a little musical break, you know what I'm saying? Like, get you some water, maybe do some stretches, Maybe whatever you got to do to, like, get your head in the zone. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, don't be in your fifis and, like, don't pay so much attention to the news because it's depressing. But, yeah, we'll be back in just one minute. But listen to this song because I really like it.
really like that song. And I hope you do too. So for my last segment, spirituality, the topic today is going to be shadow work. And I want to take some of the mystery behind that phrase out. So I'm going to lead by going into uh, what is the shadow, okay? And so the concept of the shadow was created by a famous psychologist called Carl Jung. Carl Jung, um, a lot of therapists didn't like him because they thought he was a little bit too mystical, too woo-woo, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, on this side, we love that. Uh, He did a lot for, like, dream interpretation and stuff like that. But famously, he um, segmented the ego or the psyche into what is known as the shadow. And here I have the definition, and it says... The shadow exists as a part of the unconscious mind and is composed of repressed ideas, weaknesses, desires, instincts, and shortcomings. And so what he means by that is, you know, the shadow is a part of us that maybe society doesn't necessarily accept or um, just doesn't approve of or a part of ourselves or maybe our family doesn't accept or approve of or anything like that. And so you sort of push it down and you you kind of don't want to you want to ignore that it exists and you don't want to shed any light on it which is why it's the shadow but the thing about it is that it can't ever really go away you know you can't ever you can't cut off pieces of your psyche you know what i mean so when you repress it like that it just sort of it goes underground and it kind of becomes stronger and it becomes a Uh, unconscious influence in your life you right and so ways that you can notice um is that your shadow is being triggered when so say someone you just like see someone exhibit a certain characteristic whether it could be um they're arrogant or whether it could be that they're i don't know feminine or anything like that and you immediately start to get like angry or right and it's because there's a part of you where you feel like maybe that is a reflection of something inside of you that you hate that you don't like and you wish that you could destroy it and so it's kind of like you project all those feelings onto that person and so automatically you just don't like them when in reality they didn't do anything to you but be themselves you know And that's your shadow kind of being triggered by someone else living in their truth or just, you know, being who they are. And sometimes those people just aren't good people. But the thing is, is that it's never that deep and it's never that serious. So for you to just be feeling the type way about this means that it's deeper, like it's touching on some sore subject for you that's deep down. And when it comes to the shadow is that like, a lot of people, it pushes a lot of people to deal with like self-destructive tendencies um, and other things that they do have to do to cope. Um, and it's all just not good, all very toxic. And as much as people abuse this word, it is low vibrational. Um, and what I mean by that is that it's okay. There's a certain to live your best life or, you know, to exist on your highest timeline, 
you cannot be ruled by your shadow. It has to be a conscious effort. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to be a millionaire or successful in whatever I want to do, it's because I'm consciously making these decisions to get me to that point. And the thing is, is that you can't be entirely within the grip of your shadow to be in that state. You'd have to you'd have to have it under control at the bare minimum be aware and awareness of the shadow changes it entirely the the its scope or its power over you it's kind of like putting a flashlight on it and so it's like now it's a little bit weaker and that is the primary that's the main battle it's becoming aware of your shadow self-awareness and a lot of things that help with that are meditation and journaling they're huge helps when it comes to that um, and that's, that is one of the best things that you can do for your mental health is journaling and meditation. Um, and when you, cause I've read, I read this book, think, uh, think like a monk. Um, it's, it's very, very good. It was, it was written by Jay Shetty. Um, his, he was a, he was in law school, I believe, or something along those lines, some kind of business school or something. And he'd never really felt the connection with his life uh, that he was going down because uh, it was what society and his parents had told him that he should want. But he just didn't really feel that way. And so eventually, like out of the blue to everyone else, he just up and left his life and uh, went to a monastery to become a monk. And he studied there for a certain amount of years and then got very well adept at his training. And he learned a lot of things that were really important about, you know, uh, his mental health and things of that nature. And then he left and then he moved to L.A. And his reasoning behind that was that there's no point in preaching to other monks about, you know, um, the things that he knows because they know it, too. The the best way was for him to go out and find people who didn't have access to this knowledge and teach them and um, help awaken them. And I just feel like that is very noble and it's very it's very good work. And the reason I found out about him was because he had an episode on the Red Table Talk. And I really liked the things that I was hearing about him. You know, I really liked it. And so I just kind of kept up with him. And then I started listening to his podcast um, and his show, uh, and I think he had Will Smith on there for one episode, and I really liked that episode. Um, it was really good. So, yeah, I definitely recommend Jay Shetty. He has a lot of stuff to do with, like, unpacking and ju- unpacking your mental state and just things of that nature. So, yeah, that's it, guys. You know, uh, I really had fun here. Oh, my God. Um, this is really nice. I definitely need to do this more often. You know what I'm saying? Because this is, like cathartic for me to just like putting myself out there uh to be judged you know but also exposing myself to people who might like it or you know that's 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 what i'm aiming for is to put myself out there a little bit more and i hope that you know somebody out there enjoys this and you know if you do you know don't be afraid to send me a message or whatever yeah all right well you have a good one All right, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. That is...